Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to this lunchtime talk. My name's Maria Zagala. I'm the Associate Curator of Prints, Drawings and Photographs and the curator of this exhibition, Ways of Seeing, Recent Acquisitions from the Collection. It's my great pleasure to be speaking today with a special focus on this uh, important acquisition, Helen Frankenthaler's uh, magisterial woodcut, Madame Butterfly, from the year 2000. You'll notice that this work is in the centre of this room and I've placed it here um, with purpose and that is because I wanted it to occupy a very important place in the exhibition at the heart of this room and the room has been really curated around this work. So this uh, major new addition to our collection was acquired through the very generous um, fundraising of the Helen Frankenthaler Appeal, uh, which was um, led by David McKee and a group of really wonderful donors came on board and made this um, acquisition possible. Why is it so special? Well, I don't know if you think so. For me, it immediately uh, took my breath away and uh, it also took the breath away of other curators that saw it. Um, it's a special work, I think, um, and I'm not alone in coming to that conclusion. I've got here a book which is called Frankenthaler, The Woodcuts, and it is on the cover of this book. So it was also selected to represent Frankenthaler's high point of her um, work in the medium. Before I get into the woodcut and the medium, if you like, I think I'll start with Helen Frankenthaler and why she was important for us to acquire her work. She came to prominence in the 1950s. Uh, she was born in New York and, uh, in 1928 and trained there and uh, became an important and leading exponent of abstract expressionism uh, in New York. So she was part of that wave of abstract painting that swept the United States and it was a style that was also expounded by Jackson Pollock, Robert Motherwell and others, Willem de Kooning. And Frankenthaler made her own singular contribution to that movement and became a leading player at a very young age, really, the age of 23, when she really came upon a new technique, a technique of painting on a large scale. Uh, inspired by Jackson Pollock, she started working flat on the floor with the canvas in front of her and she would walk around the canvas and could approach it from all sides. She was working in paint and she started to dilute the paint with um, turpentine and that allowed her to sink the image into this unprimed canvas. And that process created a new kind of painting, a painting in which the ground and the surface melded. And if you look at her 
remarkable paintings, and they were mostly quite a large scale, two metres by three metres. They have this ethereal quality, an ambiguity, and that ambiguity is because they are both flat and insistent on their flatness, and yet are able to convey surprising depth. She worked with a spontaneous line, an instinctive line, and was able to make works that had, a, a, as I say, a, a kind of spontaneity to them. And this kind of quality to her paintings, she brought to her printmaking as well. She had a long career because she was born in 1928 and she died in 2011. And she was a painter through and through, but she was interested in printmaking and took it up through the uh, kind of insistence of uh, Tatiana Grossman, who was a wonderful uh, print publisher at uh, ULAE, a print workshop in New York, upstate New York, who really saw the potential of many artists to transform their work in painting into printmaking. And she had a wonderful workshop set up and had a very mm, warm approach to her uh, collaborations, uh, often through conversation and she would facilitate artists to really get the most out of their uh, work. And she was very keen on lithography, but also on woodcut. So Helen Frankenthaler made woodcuts uh, in the 1970s. And a few years later, again, was kind of cajoled into working with Kenneth Tyler, who was another wonderful master printer. And in, I guess, the, uh, this world of print workshops in the United States, this, the 60s, the 70s, this was a real heyday of major artists, pop artists like Jasper Johns, Rauschenberg and others collaborating with these master printmakers and making major works. And Frankenthaler was one of those artists who found in her collaboration with Kenneth Tyler something special. It's intriguing to read about the process of working on a woodcut in a workshop. Uh, it's a collaborative pro process. So Frankenthaler, who as a painter would work in her studio on her own, had to find a completely different way of working when she was in um, a workshop. And that collaborative process took years. So, for example, when she worked with Kenneth Tyler, she worked on a, a print, which was before she worked on this one, called The Tales of Genji. And she worked solidly for three years on that print. So, in the workshop, she was with Kenneth Tyler, she was with a master uh, printer, a woodblock carver, and uh, Yasuyuki Shibata. She worked very closely with two paper makers, and uh, all of them were locked in this room 
for years. And the process was extremely difficult. So it entailed many uh, proofs and the process uh, had hit, if you like, many snags. So she was someone who was not consistent in the way that she worked. Uh, she was not easy. She didn't find printmaking easy. And yet she kept at it. There was something that was uh, she hoped to gain from, from the process. This, as I mentioned, is a magisterial work. It's called uh, Madame Butterfly. And she made it almost straight after the Tales of Genji. Again, it took three years to make this work. And her first woodcut, I think, was in... She had used four blocks to make it. But this one has 46. So she had, over the time of working with this medium, she had decided, or her um, ambition for it, kept growing. What does she achieve? It's, as you can see, an abstract work. But like abstraction, it is highly um, suggestive. And for me, those associations which it brings to mind are that of the natural world. And I think the titles of um, many of her paintings also uh, bring up the natural world. So sky and sea, savage breeze, these are all uh, mulberry, all ways in which she was looking at the world and then translating it into these um, abstract shapes. The, um, when I was researching her biography, I was struck by the fact that she had moved to upstate New York to a place where she was on a harbour. And for me, I really thought about this kind of blue that she chooses as a sea blue. And I felt that I was looking at this work as though I were looking down on a coast. It had this elevated perspective and very, uh, and of course, the work is printed on paper that has been made to look like wood. So it's a wood block that is printed on paper that has wood grain effect. So it's also evocative of nature. And this association of the sea, you can, uh, I've made explicit through the placement of the Tim Silver film, which is, has a soundtrack even of the, the sea lapping and of photographs that include uh, 19th century um, views of Port Elliot by um, Walter Anderson. So it's abstract, this work, and yet, as I say, it evokes the sea for me. Perhaps it evokes something else for you. She has achieved a mysterious, really, uh, atmosphere in the work. It is both light and has a um, almost like a pastel finish. You have this feeling that these forms, the opacity of the colours, 
were rendered in a charcoal or, or a coloured pastel, or that it's also made of washes, watercolour washes, and again, this transparency and opacity that somehow she finds a remarkable balance in. I hate to um, analyse the work through its technique, but it is hard not to in some ways because the work was so hard won as a result really of her many labours over many years through many proofs, many of which were destroyed and yet many which still survive and are held at the National Gallery of Australia in Canberra. The NGA also has, I think, 33 of the wood blocks out of the 46. So you have a sense of just how much it took, really, to make the work. I've been uh, asked many times, how did she do it? And all I can tell you is that if you think about Munch and you think about his woodcuts, the woodcut medium is really associated with very strong and crisp lines. It's an expressive medium that's been used by artists usually to gouge out wood and create a relief print. However, Frankenthaler has approached it in an entirely different way, obviously. She's not that keen on that crisp outline, except for a few passages. But she does owe something to Munch in that she uses a jigsaw technique to make the print. And the jigsaw technique is one in which wood is carved with a jigsaw. So the carver is Yusuyuki Shibata. And so she works with him to carve these 46 wood blocks. And those are then placed onto a larger support all together tightly and traced so that each wood block, when it's printed in its colour, registers completely. So she's avoiding any white. She does not want to have any spaces, any lines between the 46 wood blocks. Now, it's hard for us who have not made a wood block to, to understand the precision and the effort that such a quest really would take. And by all accounts, everyone was at wit's end with Helen as she worked on it. But as you can see, they believed in her and her achievement really is not just, it stands apart really in the history of Western printmaking. It is not an exaggeration to say that. This work really does stand alongside 
the most powerful woodcuts of Munch. And there is, um, what is remarkable is that through that labour that she has managed to retain the sense of that spontaneity of the line, the spontaneity of her paintings. I've got a quote from her and it's really expresses so well what she was really after. She said, a really good picture looks as if it's happened at once. It's an immediate image, one really beautiful wrist motion that is synchronised with your head and heart and you have it and therefore it looks as if it were born in a minute. And she started with that and when she went to work with Kenneth Tyler, the first thing she did was she was given these um, timber boards, some paints and sponges and Ken left her to make some paintings. And those paintings, which had all of that spontaneity, were the things that were given to the workshop. She presented to them and said, this is what I'm after. And it was that which led to the three years of toil. She was fascinated by Japanese prints and the title of this work, Madame Butterfly, is really a nod to the importance of Japanese prints to her approach to woodcuts. She first, I don't know if it was her first trip to, to Japan, but she certainly in 1983 went on an exchange with Crown Point Press in California to Kyoto and worked with Japanese printmakers. That exchange had started with her learning about the technique and the Japanese printers using this traditional technique which meant that a master carver worked from a watercolour or a drawing or a painting supplied by an artist and then another uh, printer used natural dyes to print that work. So it's a collaborative process and she had been fascinated by this technique and had sent her um, print or drawing to Japan for these master um, printers to work from. She was very disappointed with the result. The print that came back was flat and lifeless and so it was really in 1983 that she decided to try and embark on achieving some of that spontaneity that she had achieved in her paintings from her woodcut. This work, as you can see, is large. It's one metre by two metres. And it is printed on three pieces of paper. And that's significant too. So in 1983, she had bought an Edo period screen. And its form inspired this approach, the three, the three pieces here. It's really the scale of this work and its uh, 
relationship to her paintings really means that it is an acquisition that lets us also represent abstract expressionism in our collection, something which is much harder to achieve these days with the prices that paintings realise. So we're really thrilled to have this major work in our collection by such an important artist. And as you can see in this display, it speaks to many different works, contemporary works, with such a kind of vibrancy. And it will, I think, in future displays, uh, be brought into relationships with entirely different uh, periods, including Japanese prints, all works of the post-war era. There are so many different ways that we'll be able to um, display the work. Thank you.